Simple Life Together, Episode 13, Escaping My Shawshank Cubicle and First Steps on the Road to Simplicity. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Welcome back to Simple Life Together. On the last show, Dan shared some inbox warfare skills, and I gave you some tips on how to organize any space. Today, Dan is discussing how we broke out of our 9-to-5 routine and started our journey towards self-employment, and I'll be sharing a listener-requested topic, how to start lessons in simplicity early in life. All right, so let's get started. Well, as I mentioned before a few times, I spent a good amount of time in the military, and (laughs) for the overwhelming majority of it, I absolutely loved what I did who I worked with, where I was, et cetera. You know, but there were some jobs, and for me, they were the indoor jobs away from troops, and they just weren't a good match for my personality. I did them well, the tasks anyways, but I always felt like that staff work was slowly sucking the life out of me. Oh, and ste- Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, just kind of stealing my soul. Oh, jeez. That, that sounds so dramatic, I know, but I'd much rather be jumping out of planes in the cold rain or, or humping around the woods <laughs> with a rucksack on my back with people that I thrive with when I'm around them. And, you know, instead I was stuck synchronizing slide transitions on a PowerPoint deck, you know, <laughs> that some poor general would have to watch and absorb along with 20 others that day. Oh, that's so true. I remember those. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the thing though that I had going for me was I was always a pretty fast worker. And some would say I'm a great time manager. And that might have been how it looked. But the truth is, I just have an ability to get crazy focused and knock out some really, really quality stuff mm-hmm. really, really quickly. I used to tell folks, was like, what's amazing about Dan is that uh, I was like, what would take me a week to do, he could probably do in a day at work. It was just, it was crazy. Yeah, it's just a, for me, it's just kind of a focus thing. Yeah. But some people think that's a gift, but I always said it was a curse. Hmm. And seriously, I totally live that sarcastic corollary we talk about from Parkinson's Law. The one that goes, uh, if you wait until the last minute to do something, it only takes a minute. Oh. That was me. <laughs> right. So the reason I say it was a curse is because I vividly remember so many times sitting at my desk, looking at the clock. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. And I'm not only caught up with my work, but I'm way ahead. Oh, but there's no way I can leave. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's just not how it worked. Wow. you know. So essentially... I'm like this I'm like this prisoner to my cubicle cell and the master is this $7 clock hanging on the wall just just taunting me. Aww. And and it was a really really slow clock and I swear sometimes it clicked backwards when I looked up at it just despite me. <laughs> just despite you. I huh? hated uh, yeah, I hated those times. <laughs> but it was in those times that the seed was planted that someday I would build a future for myself and for us and our family where our lives were designed purposefully around what we love. And I'm, I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But I'm guessing that as you simplify your life, shaping how you work is important to you too. And you probably dream about creating a simpler life that includes a lifestyle business. You know, not a, a business that you work at for like 24-7 for a few years, hoping somebody buys you out, you know, just looking for that big paycheck at the end. I'm talking about a situation where you do something that helps other people, that you love doing, and that affords you the chance to live life on your terms. So unless you're driving, raise your hand if this is you, (laughs) all right? 
All right, I see we got a couple of people in LA, right? There's a few over there in New York, <laughs> I Chicago. See him. I see them too. In Houston, a bunch in British Columbia. Hi, guys. Wow. And then uh, Philly and Australia. All right, you can put your hands down. All right, hopefully, you weren't driving. But, but I wanted to talk about a few adages that will give you something to ponder this week as you listen to podcasts in your car or in your cubicle. And maybe, just maybe, they'll prod you just enough to just start taking some action. You may have heard them before, but even still, there's nothing like a little timely reminder. Because if you're not actually planning how you can start to shape the life you want now, all the podcasts and all the training in the world won't make anything any easier. Mm-hmm. All right? So it's not going to get better until you start taking some action. Mm-hmm. That's just yeah. Uncle Dan talking mm-hmm. there, all right? That's right. <laughs> and uh, so this is, this is what worked for us. So here's the first one. It's called the frog in a pot of water. Again, you may have heard this before. But the adage goes that if you drop a frog into a pot of boiling water, it will, of course, frantically jump right out. But if you place it in a pot of warm water and turn the heat on low, it will float there, just kind of placidly relaxing. And as the water gradually heats up, the frog's going to sink into like this drunken stupor, exactly like us in a hot bath. And before long, with a smile on its face, it will unresistingly allow itself to be boiled to death. Oh, geez. I hope he... Oh. Yeah. I have not tried this and don't try this at home. No. All right? Be that's... nice to frogs. Be nice to frogs. <laughs> or they're going to keep you up all night when you're camping, like this weekend <laughs> when we were camping. Right? But seriously, oh. though, haven't you felt like this at work? Sometimes. I, I know I did. I, uh, you, you just kind of get wow. to the point where you're, you'll put up with anything because you're comfortable with like the security and the mm-hmm. predictability, you know, the safety, all, whatever that you, that, that you think comes with your job and it really doesn't anymore. Yeah. But you got, I know I thought to myself, is this as good as it gets? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's one of the things that kind of, it sparked me to start taking action on this stuff. Well, you know, I, I know this may not pertain to everybody because not everybody has. I mean, there's some people that actually do enjoy Love their, their, job. yeah, their jobs, great. you know, but I guess we're just kind of speaking to the folks that are in, you know, in jobs or doing things in a life that really you feel that way. You just feel like this is, I mean, we say it over and over again, it's sucking the life out of me, Yeah, you know, and, and obviously that's not a good thing. Right. But. And the last thing I want is, you know, people to run out tomorrow and quit their jobs. And I'll, I'll get no. to that in a little bit. Right. But, uh, but for those who are, who don't feel like that they can shape their lives, you know, this message is kind of for them. Right. So the next adage is called crabs in a bucket. Again, this is an oldie but a goodie. So the story here goes that if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, most of the crabs are just going to clamor around at the bottom of the bucket, just making a fuss. But what happens when one of the crabs tries to climb out of the bucket? Do all the other crabs join together and help him escape? Nope. They pull him back down into the bucket. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to draw any direct conclusions to your life, but... How many times have you wanted to do something new or different or adventurous and all those around you who supposedly care about you say, dude, that's crazy or no, you don't do that no, or you can't do that or they try to talk you out of it or just tell you how bad things can Why get. Why do they do that? I don't, you know, it's, it's certainly not because they don't want you to succeed. I, I think they do. I think it's because they do care and they just don't want to see you fail. Okay. Yeah. But, but sometimes just like the crabs, they don't know that. If they just give you a little bit of a lift, you might actually make it out of the bucket. Right. You know, that's the crab mentality. I mean, there's some people who think, well, um, you know, if I can't have it, then no one can. But I tend to trust well, those are humanity. Those negative people right there. Yeah. I, I tend to trust humanity. And I mm-hmm. bet most of those cases are just people who um, care about you and they're just too scared to take action themselves. So they, mm-hmm. they, they legitimately believe they're giving you good advice. So... I decided that when I left my first career and started kind of my next life here, it was going to be by my rules. And 
I defined what I wanted this way. I wanted to do work where I was paid for performance over presence. Oh, that's big. And when possible, I wanted to work on a project basis versus a time basis, you know, a clock thing. <laughs> I still still got some a chip on my shoulder with the clock. <laughs> Sounds like it. But uh, I wanted to wear what I wanted to wear. Uh-huh. Not, not that I didn't love wearing, you know, a uniform or anything like that, but I just wanted to... I didn't want to have to dress up and play a part all the time. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be able to innovate without permission because I used to hate having to ask permission to do something that was good. And I wanted to be able to gather my own tool set that best serves my craft. Mm. You know, a lot of the tech tools that I talk about all the time, I couldn't use in other jobs because, oh, we don't support that software or we can't use that here. We don't have a contract with them. Right, Right, right. I wanted to use my own stuff that can be the best for me than for me being efficient. And I didn't want to limit myself to how many vacation days I could take or how long I could work if I wanted right. to work. I mean, I even had a job at the end there where I had to leave at 4.30. I was not allowed to stay any longer, even if, you know, <laughs> even if I wanted to. I could, well, that's, that's not part of the contract. So, wow. so and, I, and ultimately, I think I wanted to be able to choose who I want to work with and why I want to work with them. Right. So people that had the same value set that I did. This is quite a shift from the previous career. And not to yeah. say that, you know, the careers that we had were terrible. I mean, they were pretty awesome oh, for the them, most yeah. part, I, you know? I, I did love it. But, you know, and then there's the, there's contract work and all that stuff. Yeah. That, but then you grow and you change and it's right. time to move, move on and do something new. And I wanted to do things on my terms. Right. So, so those were kind of the ground rules as I was getting into it. And then, well, Vanessa was doing the stay-at-home mom thing at the time, but it was getting to a point for her to go back to work. Uh, it, yeah, because I just cannot keep my daughter entertained or stimulated enough. She's just too yeah. bright, too brilliant, and just way full of energy. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I got to go back to work. <laughs> so when it uh, comes to Simple Life Together, it's a lot better if you can have the together part. You know, if I was going to go out on my own and then you were going to go to a normal job, that that wasn't going to make our lives any simpler and be able to, you know, we're not going to be able to shape it as much as we want. So we tweaked the plans a bit to plan out what Vanessa really wanted to do with her career, uh, which is good because otherwise this would probably be called the My Simple Life While My Wife Is At Work show, you know? So <laughs> <I'm> cool with. <laughs> yeah. But as, as luck would have it, Vanessa was on board and we started putting money away to support us as we started. Despite a bachelor's degree and master's degree in other areas, Vanessa decided that being a professional organizer was her calling. Right. Mm-hmm. And before she even started doing any hands-on organizing, we set up a website for her to start blogging about organization and simplicity. And that's mm-hmm. the one at GetSimplifies.com. Mm-hmm. So we focused on her making the transition to self-employment first with me supporting her efforts there and then me following along with my goals later on. Right. Well, which was good. I really liked the, the whole blogging thing. Cause, and honestly, this is so crazy, but I didn't really know what a blog was. And Dan says, I'm going to start a blog for you. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I kind of knew about it, but you know, again, he's always on the cutting edge of all this stuff and that's not really cutting edge, but he just is always ahead on that stuff. And, and anyway, he introduced me to it, but it was really good because I was able to kind of really learn about my craft, educate myself talk, by journaling and sharing information. I was kind of teaching myself as well as teaching and sharing information with others. So right. that was really cool. It was that a really was a, great first step. It was a great first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I got to tell you, setting up that first website was a bear. <laughs> I didn't have a clue what was going on, and everything I read got me more confused. But I kept plugging away at it and plugging away at it. And in the years since, I, I, I really have no idea how many sites I've set up for, you know, for us or for clients. Mm-hmm. But I vividly remember feeling absolutely lost and almost helpless <laughs> on some of that stuff. It would take me hours to figure out some of the simplest little tasks 
or collect information to make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, there was just way, there was, it's not that there was too much out there, but everything was going in different directions. And I didn't know what to trust or who to trust. Which is very so, frustrating for you because I yeah. know that you're very, you're a do-it-yourselfer, you're quick to learn and pick up things. And I know he would just get frustrated, but he would just keep at it. He's just yeah. very persistent. And that website was really important to us. Like like you were saying, it was kind of a proving ground for me to get it set up and learn things like hosting and WordPress and plugins. And you know, eventually I started to do a tiny little bit of coding. And it was a proving ground for you too to begin writing you know, you got this newfound passion about right. organizing, and it was like this huge opportunity and this huge stumbling block all rolled into one around <laughs> this website. But we did it, and we were on our way to starting a, a lifestyle business, you know, a side gig, as many people call it. And and if you're thinking about doing this to, for to simplify your lives through having a lifestyle business, I would certainly recommend that that's how you start, too. Some, some of the best advice that I got was from Dan Miller the author of the best-selling book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. We've mentioned him quite a few times on the mm-hmm. show before. But I listened to his podcast and studied what he had to say. And often he'd advise people to just start doing something on the side and grow that side business, that side gig, until it can support you. And along with that goes another piece of advice, and this is to bootstrap your business, You know, meaning mm-hmm. uh, start with your own money. You know, Don't go into debt over starting this business. A couple hundred bucks out of your pocket and you'll be... And you can go a long way to getting started. And and I know I, you're probably like so motivated to start about if you if you're in this mode, you just want to start now and you want to get it all done now mm-hmm. and just jump right in. But it's like consumerism, and we talk about that all the time here. Sometimes a little bit of patience helps you realize what you really need versus what you really want to get started. So you got to kind of take it slow. Right. Just know that before you start, it takes an awful lot of work to work for yourselves. And I'll be the first to tell you that it's really hard to make a business simple. <laughs> I was in tears, folks, on something because yeah. I had absolutely no desire to be a business owner um, until Dan kind of, again, planted the seed like he usually does with me. And <laughs> But um, yeah, it was a lot of work and I was kind of not really resistant, but it was just frustrating. But yeah, but yeah we just want to hide that fact that it's a lot of work up front, but it's going to be worth it in the end. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I love doing the old 19-step commute from the back door to the world shed quarters. <laughs> right. So, you know, there's nothing like that. It's awesome. But, it's, but it, it doesn't happen overnight. But if it's something that you decide that, you know, hey, this is something I want to do. I want to do this side gig. Then I say, great, go for it. But again, just to be clear, it took us a long time working in the normal careers to support us getting started on our own. Mm-hmm. And if anyone or any website or whatever tries to sell you on a, a lifestyle line or promises it to be easy, then just run <laughs> because it's it's, yes. it's not. It's a lot of hard work, but it it's awesome in the end. But it's just it's just not easy. But you can be as passionate as you want about something, but if you're not making money at it too, then it's really just a hobby. So you know you have to really approach this thing from the right right direction. So again, that's why it's best to start out with a side gig, just to kind of test the waters. Yeah, I think that's good advice. So if you're ready to start on a path to shaping your life a little bit more, then there's one thing that as I was going through this process, um, I put I kept some a lot of notes, and so I put together something that I want to give you, and it's something I wish I had, and it's a guide to setting up your website. Like I said, for us, getting that website presence going was one of the most intimidating things that we had to do because we had absolutely no background in it whatsoever. So now we can do it pretty simply. And I've copied all of those notes, the background info down for you in basically seven modules, including what you need to know about creating a website for your lifestyle business, choosing a domain name, choosing a hosting provider, 
which website platform to use, giving your site more functionality, and then getting creative with your brand, you know, talking about logos and headers and print materials and promotional merchandise. And then I kind of wrap it up with um, tapping into the power of social media. And I even have links in, in this uh, this uh, guide to show you exactly how to get started on your site. And it's absolutely and completely free. And it will be available, um, I think, next week or sooner. I'm working on it hard. I'm trying to make it look pretty, to be honest with you. I, I just don't want to give you something. I mean, it's a bunch of things that I've compiled over the last three years. So, I mean, it's over 30 pages long. It may end up being longer than that. But uh, I'll probably do a quick start guide, too, with it. But um, it's packed with great tips to help you get that lifestyle business going on the side if that's something you're interested in. And if you like the guide, and we think you will, like, especially for the low, low price of free, free. <laughs> you know, um, I just uh, ask that you consider using, there's some affiliate links in the guide to sign up for website hosting you'll mm-hmm. need for your site. Uh, you'll get a fantastic rate, a free domain with top-notch hosting that all told will cost you about 100 bucks for the whole year. So not, and that's bootstrapping at its finest. <laughs> so out of this, we get a, a small commission from the host that costs you absolutely nothing. And we also get the knowledge that we help to get your lifestyle business started to support your simple life together. Mm -hmm. So everybody wins. And I'll guarantee you that if you follow the tips in this guide, it will save you countless hours of trying to figure out that whole process by yourself. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had this, you know, three and a half years ago when when I started this Mm -hmm. process. So that's it. A bit about how we started on this path towards simplicity and how we'd like to help you too if, if you're looking to start a lifestyle business of your own on the side. So we'll have a link in the sidebar of the website at simplelifetogether.com where you can sign up to receive the guide as soon as it's available. Again, completely and absolutely free. You owe us nothing. You don't even have to say thanks. No biggie. I mean, just enjoy it. And if it's something you're interested in, put it to work. So you can simply go to uh, simplelifetogether.com slash website guide, all one word. And of course, I'll have a link in today's show notes as well at simplelifetogether.com slash 013. So let me close by mixing up everything we talked about um, today on this topic so far. If you're ready to jump out of the boiling pot right, or, or crab climb out of the bucket, then we're here to help. So, if you're right, hey, just for the record, I've never heard of either one of those. You haven't? No, I've never. So, did you like it? Well, I didn't really like the idea of anything being a boiling pot of water, oh, of but I did not. like the analogy. I did. Yes, I got it. Yeah. And like I said, don't go do that at home. No, don't so. do that. Don't go boiling frogs. So, or crabs. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> you know, if you're ready to bust out of your Shawshank cubicle like I did, <laughs> you know, this maybe this simple life guide to building your website might be just the rock hammer that you need. <laughs> uh, like I said, it's completely free. Packed with powerful tools to help you break out on your own. The only bad news is, is that the Raquel Welch poster is not included. Oh, so you got to be a mo- you got to watch the movie to get okay. that. So hopefully you got that. So <laughs> click on over to simplelifetogether.com and sign up to receive the free website guide today. So that's what I got. That's my topic. Okay, so before I get into my topic, we have an edit and forget it update for you. All right. Well, the Facebook Edit and Forget It page is alive and well. So if you sign up for Edit and Forget It, feel free to join us on Facebook too. 
And for the folks that are there, it's great to be able to see your photos and interact. And Mm -hmm. we have some uh, people doing amazing things and making amazing progress on the challenge. So there are also some pretty funny posts and photos (laughs) over there, too. So if you haven't been on the page, hey, you're missing out. Yeah. And you know, it's still 2013, so it's never too late to join the challenge. And if you're ready to edit 2013 things from your life, head on over to SimpleLifeTogether.com and sign up. So we have people signing up every single day, and we'd love to have you join us. So, all right, Vanessa, what's up on your topic? What you got? Oh, great. Well, my topic is first steps on the road to simplicity. Now, a couple of weeks ago, a friend and former colleague of ours um, that Dan and I used to work with sent me a direct message on Facebook commenting on how much he liked our podcast and, and he especially liked our message about living a life of simplicity. Um, and he said, and I'm summarizing here, uh, that adults have a hard enough time trying to battle instant gratification and the I want syndrome. Um, And it seems even harder to teach our kids about simplicity and living with less. He said that he realizes these things are great lessons, not just for adults, but for our kids as well. So he was wondering how parents instill this idea in their kids, you know, this idea of simplicity and being satisfied with what we have. That's a very valid point, you know? Yeah, well, I really, honestly, I really didn't know how to answer him at first. I mean, the seemingly simple question was, really quite loaded and complex, at least in my mind, as I started to think about it. Um, but then I realized, you know, every lesson starts with the first step. And no matter what age your children are, it's all about taking a series of steps to teach them what you want them to know. And I've learned through my experiences that there are a few strategies in particular that that might help that learning process um, to be a little bit easier, especially yeah. for your kids. Now, I had all these different ideas going on, and I, but I wasn't really sure how to, to start except to just start there you go (laughs) just beginning yeah it was just like let me just start you know unloading all this stuff all these things you know they're on my mind just start unloading um and so basically what ensued was one of the longest facebook direct messages i've ever written to anybody my poor my poor friend (laughs) poor guy's gotta read through this (laughs) whole thing he's probably on his iphone scrolling forever you know (laughs) sorry dude but um he's like i should have just hit like (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) poor guy well um well, apparently I had a lot of information to share because of how long that, that message was. And I thought it might be a good idea to share it with you and to share some of the thoughts with how you can work, some of my thoughts on how you can work with your children and teach them how to embrace simplicity and a little bit about organization and, and having enough. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about, right, Dan? Absolutely, yeah. Um, simple life together, you know, together with your spouse, your children, and other loved ones. So now, but before I go into my thoughts here, um, just let me say this. I'm not an expert. I'm just speaking from my own personal experiences as, as a parent, as a teacher, as a daughter, and as a student. Because, I mean, when I was pregnant, um, you know, I went through this huge nesting phase. <laughs> Actually, that's how I got my inspiration to become an organizer. But I learned so much. I kept reading and reading about how to raise this this little creature yeah you, know? you, were, you were crazy reading books i mean and i don't That's good stuff yeah and i didn't i wasn't much of a reader before no. um uh but lately i have been but especially when i was pregnant and i just was reading about how to raise your children and and, and toddlers and all that um and then as an organizer i learned a lot not just how to organize your kids but i learned a lot about how to parent because more often than not when it comes to organizing and, and trying to teach your kids to be organized it's not really the kids that are the issue it's more of a it's how you parent them Oh, yeah, like the different techniques that you use as a parent. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not really. Oh, my kid's just so messy. No, it's really. It's it's probably just how how you you need to kind of approach your parenting. Right. So you're going to share some of those with us. Yeah. So right. so okay. In no particular order, here are the things that I just started rattling off. Well, maybe the first thing I do have one thing that I usually always start with, and and that's this. Start with your values. You know, when it comes to organizing and not buying into consumerism, I recommend starting by looking at the values you want to instill in your children. I mean, do you value spending time with and nurturing your family? Do you value exercising your faith, practicing financial responsibility, promoting a healthy lifestyle and personal fitness? Or is exploring your creativity via hobbies, uh, is that important to you? Or experiencing cultures through travel? Or or maybe it's practicing a good work ethic and and earning your keep or giving back to others and and practicing selflessness. What do you value most in life and what do you want to instill in your children? I recommend evaluating that first before getting into the how-tos of it all because that will affect the way that you act, the way you make decisions, and the way that you parent. That's good advice. So, I mean, that's, so I knew that I needed to start there. Those Every, are, that's kind of, values are kind of the foundation, right? The the guiding principles of your life, so. Exactly. Yep. Now, for me, just for an example, I, I want to nurture my family. I want to practice and live my by my faith, teach my children to be healthy, responsible, caring adults. And knowing these things helps me on a daily basis because I'm better able to make decisions based off if a particular decision is aligned with my values. I mean, it's just pretty yeah. simple. Eating cupcakes every day with my child isn't teaching her about healthy eating. Yeah. <laughs> and buying her every single toy she desires isn't teaching her to value anything if she expects to get everything. You know, buying her DVDs or all the latest video game apps isn't teaching her the value of spending time with family and so on. So you get the point. So that all might make sense to you, right? Like as adults, we kind of get that. But how do you get your kids to get it? And again, here are my thoughts in no particular order. And this is kind of what I was telling my friend. Okay. I told him, practice leadership by example. And we actually talked about this with Joshua Becker as well. You had mentioned it, you know. And um, so, for example, stop working at a reasonable hour so that you can get home and spend time with your family. Or if you're organized like me, you actually have a plan. Um, You know, I, I plan out my family fun events for the year and I have it like in a, in a document. <laughs> yeah. She has a, she has a Google document and we, we say she's in, in charge of strategic spontaneity for the family. <laughs> right? That's me. The family fun spreadsheet. <laughs> so that's just an example, but you know, spend time with your family or, you know, another example of leadership by example is to curb your own spending, pick up after yourself, edit your own belongings, Read the Bible and pray with your family if that's important to you. Let them see you exercise and eat healthy food. Sit down at the dinner table together when possible. Show them how to donate things and help the needy. By walking the walk, they'll see what's important to you, and in turn, hopefully, they'll internalize that themselves. Yeah, that's definitely, that's like a classic example of leadership by example. Well, the other thing I was telling my friend is that Try to get back into your instructor-teacher mode. Now, we were all instructors yeah, we, together. Yeah, sure <laughs> so he probably got this. But, but just start to think kind of like a teacher. If you want to teach your children new habits or a new way of thinking, try using some of the laws of learning. I've talked about these before, I think, when I was talking about routines um, in, a, in one of our podcasts. But in particular, there's the law of repetition, which is repeating an action over and over again, and the law of recency, which is the more recent or frequent an action is practiced, the faster it's learned. Right, Dan? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, of course, there's the law of primacy, which you got to be aware of. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that gets in the way. Well, what's the law of primacy, Dan, basically? Well, the law of primacy essentially states that whatever you, you tend to believe, whatever you learned first. Mm-hmm. So if somebody learns something 
the wrong way first, and then you come after them and you try to teach them the right way, they have to unlearn. They have to decide that they have to unlearn right. that first thing, which they've already mentally bought into, and decide that that's wrong and that you're right. Right. So that's that process of uh, primacy that kind of is hard to undo sometimes. Yeah. So I just want you to be aware of that. Sometimes that is going to be difficult for parents. Like, for example, for me, as far as that whole law of primacy, um, I've had to try really hard to break my uh, daughter the habit of eating in a room. She has this little table that honestly was just the easy button for me. Go ahead, go in there, eat your food. Um, but it was just creating such a mess. And I honestly, I just wanted her to be a little bit more disciplined and have dinner and eat her food with us because she would get distracted watching TV or playing with her toys. But but what I did was I just kept repeating that over and over again. And I and the frequency was just every meal and every yep. at snack time, no matter if it was snack time or meal time, she needs to eat at the table. And so now she has it. She understands that rule. So the whole idea here is to instruct them, tell them what you want and what you expect You need to explain why it's important, show them how, if applicable, if you're showing a physical thing of how to do something, um, and then practice, repeat, and hold them accountable. Kind of like that old task condition standard in time we talked about a couple episodes ago, yeah. Now, speaking of accountability, you need to have a system of rewards and consequences. This is along the lines of teaching your kids to be organized. This is kind of like when you want to... If you have rules and expectations and routines, um, you kind of want to have a system of rewards and consequences. Reward them if they're doing good. But exercise the consequences if they're if they're bad or they're not following the rules and things that they're expected to do. Now, Junior, my daughter, knows that if she doesn't get at least eight gold stars for the week, and I've mentioned this before, <laughs> she doesn't get the trip to the frozen yogurt store. I mean, that is like what she looks forward to at the end of the week. Um, and our son, if he doesn't maintain his grades for each grading period, no laptop, which means no writing and no YouTube. I mean, that's like, that's really... That's big. That's huge for our little writer. Big medicine, as they used to say. Yeah. So the whole key here is to back up those consequences to prove that you're serious. Okay. Because they're not going to take you serious if you don't back them up, right? Absolutely not. Okay. Now, you also want to take advantage of teachable moments. You know, if they want to buy that big expensive toy or the one with a million pieces, okay, fine. They have to save up and pay for it with their own money. You can start young with these kids on that. Or make them lug it around the store while you shop. Um, remember Joshua, Joshua Becker? said that as well. He was talking about this too um, with his uh, teachable moment with his son at the fair or something like he wanted to get this toy. So he made him lug that toy all around the park. You know, or, or have them clean up all the Play-Doh. You don't do it. Make sure that they are responsible for cleanup and picking up after themselves. And if they have all the tons of pieces of, of toys on the floor, make sure that they pick it up before they can move on or do anything else fun. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. It reminds me of a, a story. Uh, what? The boy's going to a writer's conference soon, and he's going to be meeting and seeing a lot of his favorite authors again. And uh, he he says he has 21 books that he's taking to have signed. So, that's, all right. Enjoy lugging oh, those things around. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see how that goes. You're right. Yeah. Let, me, <laughs> let me know how that works out for you. All right. Another thing that you can do to help teach your, your, your children about simplicity is to um, to praise them when they make good choices. You know, I personally shower my daughter with hugs and kisses when she doesn't beg for a toy when we're at the store or when she voluntarily puts like her artwork from school in the recycle bin. Um, and, you know, she decides that on her own or when she cleans up after herself without being told and, and when she uses her manners or when she donates a toy. I mean, I just shower her with just such affection and pride, you know, because your children, they want to make you proud. You've got to show them that you are. Yeah. You've got to prove it to them. And another thing we've talked about is that less television is a good thing. 
I mean, you know, and I'm personally actually working on this because honestly, the television was giving me a break. You know, like I said, my daughter is is pretty smart. She's brilliant and full of energy, so much so that I have a hard time keeping up with her and keeping her entertained. So my go-to easy button was the remote control. I mean, I I called it the easy button. I was like, all right, Dan, turn on the easy button. You know, you know I, and that's so. <laughs> It's so easy to do, Mm -hmm. not to wear out the word easy, but it's so easy to do because you know that they're going to get enthralled with what they're watching. You know, you try to put on the right shows for them to watch and and keep them entertained while you just get something done. Right. You just need that break so desperately. So you just... It turns into a crutch real fast, It it does. It does. So what happened was, is that I, I started to reflect on my values and I realized that, you know what, it's way more important that I spend time with my child rather than tune her out. Pun intended there. <laughs> so uh, so now we, we read more, we pretend play, uh, we play catch, whatever. We just do a heck of a lot more than what we used to. And I started to limit the amount that she watches each day, which is a bonus because now it limits her interaction to those television advertisements. Yeah. So, but we, we try to opt for, you know, recorded type shows without commercials like Nick Jr. or um, shows on, we subscribe to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get free Amazon Instant Video with um, our Amazon Prime membership. And so we try to, we opt for those when we can so she's not inundated with, you know, constant commercials. Oh, yeah. Because the second she sees something cool, you know, and I'm sure the folks out there relate that have children that they see a commercial, they think, oh, I need to have that. Oh, yeah. Cool. Every, every parent deals with that. Exactly. So, so another thing that you can do with your kids is have a genuine conversation with them. Ask why they want things. Ask them how it will make their life better. Ask them if it will make them feel better about themselves and how. To let them explore their own feelings without putting words in their mouth and, and let them come to the conclusions on why something is or isn't important to them. You know, and what happens here is that it shows that you are not babying them and that you are respect, respecting their thoughts. And you're right. going to really start to make them start to, to think on their own and to make their own decisions. And I know Dan used to do this a lot with with our son when he was young. You know, you didn't baby him. You just had really uh, kind of adult conversations right. with him, mature conversations, and really had him explore his feelings and, and talk things through and let him kind of, you might guide it a little bit. But you're really trying to want them to come to the conclusion on their own. Yeah. It's Socratic questioning, right? When you ask those open-ended questions Mm -hmm. and kind of let them come to the conclusion on their own. It's really, really effective. Yeah. And the last thing I recommend is to compliment your kids often and build their self-confidence. It will help curb the need to be like everyone else. You know, my daughter looks beautiful no matter if she's wearing an outfit from Target or from Nima Marcus, which she doesn't wear, by the way. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Because I let her know it. Her clothes and her things don't define her. It's that beautiful spirit, her beautiful heart and soul that really defines her. It's that wonderful, caring personality that is what's going to define her. And I let her know every day. And thankfully, both our kids have grown up pretty darn confident, Yeah, you know, which is awesome. I don't think I was, I certainly don't think I was that confident growing up, as confident as either of them are. Yeah, and I think that's because, again, you, you talk to them, you know, we have just kind of adult conversations with them at least, you know, respect their thoughts. We let them kind of enjoy um, the things that they're interested in, especially, you know, our son, you know, he's a, he's a teenager, but we've always just kind of embraced his interests in in art and writing and, you know, whatever. And I think that's so important. And, And then to, to really be involved with what they love, 
you know, to, to read his books and to read his writings and to just encourage him. And I mean, that's huge. That totally builds up your self-confidence. And yeah. I mean, especially our son, I mean, he has absolutely no problem going, <laughs> reaching out to these big time writers no. and asking questions and, and, you know, and, and getting information that he needs to kind of pursue his passions. Yeah. And it's just cool. So I just, it is think, cool. I mean, my parents were very supportive that way too. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know that I was as confident as this our two are, but that's cool. But I mean, I anyway. mean, in our son, I mean, but look at though he does he can care less about the 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 latest styles, and I mean, yeah, he wants a, you know some cool vans or whatever, but he just needs one. He doesn't need all you know a hundred pairs of them right. or anything. He's just very confident and comfortable with what he what he has, and that's good enough for him. And yeah. I love that. Well, so. that's good. I think it all kind of ties back to what, the way you started. It's all that stuff is values based. Yeah, and I'm not just just patting ourselves on the back because I mean we're not perfect parents <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but we try, and I think most people do try to be good parents. Sure they do. I'm just offering some suggestions that might be helpful, especially if you want to kind of either curb a path that they're going down that you don't want them to go down, and, and try to encourage them to really embrace that less is more. So so anyhow, that was probably way more than my friend had expected to get from his question (laughs) but I'm so glad he asked it because I think it is something a lot of parents wonder about and don't mind getting some ideas and suggestions um, on how they can teach their own children on how to appreciate what they have so I hope this was beneficial to all our listeners out there but that was just my personal take on how you can really help your kids embrace uh, this idea that less is more and well come on you're leaving us all hanging did he give a response Actually, he did. He, he did. He was like, wow, very um, articulate and insightful. He said, you should write a book. And I said, I think I just did. <laughs> so Good stuff. So thanks to that. So Sure. Anyhow, let's move on to the thing segment, Dan. What's your thing? Okay. Well, my thing this week is, um, is a group of fellow podcasters that uh, I belong to, and we meet on Google Plus every couple of weeks, and we talk about podcasting and technology and what's going on with our shows, and you name it. And it's awesome. It's uh, it's just so important to have a group of, of people that you can bounce ideas off of or learn from or gauge your reality against theirs and, and know that they'll tell you their true opinion. And honestly, that's one thing I definitely missed from my military days was having that peer group that Mm -hmm. I could go to where everyone contributes. And I've often thought of starting a little mastermind group online to uh, Mm -hmm. have for the the business side of things or even the simplicity side of things. But uh, maybe someday. You'd be so good at that. Well, if, if you've never heard of a mastermind group before... It was made popular by Napoleon Hill in his book, uh, Think and Grow Rich. And the concept, basically, it refers to you know the synergies created when several people get together and they unite towards a common specific goal. Um, you know, Essentially, where the whole, um, in terms of the mental power, is more than the sum of its parts. So you know, basically, your own little think tank for ideas. But uh, I've been intrigued with the idea. And, and um, so maybe someday. Maybe someday I'll do that. Well, you and, did that in the military too I mean you were really a leader and all that yeah. kind of stuff well, I had a really thoughtful. really tight group of friends the cool mm-hmm. thing is we're, we're for the most part we're still in touch we right. just we just have different things going on in our lives right sure. now so but uh, who knows maybe someday so the reason that's my thing is I just hopefully that um, that was really cool to meet with them and it's it's nice to meet with them every couple of weeks and uh, so I hope that you you have people in your life that you're able to share and evaluate things with too. And and if not, maybe you should take a look around and you know start close to home with friends and look at maybe Google Plus communities or if you've ever heard of Meetup.com, that's a place of people with similar interests. And uh, maybe you know you can find a few people and share some interests and talk or or who knows maybe you could start your own. There you go. So that's my thing. 
Oh, that's awesome. No, yeah. that's really, really good. That's good information to let people know. Because when you do step out on your own, it is kind of, you feel kind of lonely. That's one of the first things people tell you. It's kind of kind of lonely when you step away from either a corporate job or a traditional yeah, job. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and so it is nice to be able to find groups out there that, that help share, um, you know, and the knowledge. And Yeah, ideas. it's funny. I mean, just even like you and I, we're planning... You talk about the kind of the lonely entrepreneur syndrome. We're, we're making this big plan that what, next week, someday, some morning, where we have two coupons for free, free uh, coffees at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go to Starbucks, take our laptops and work there in the morning. And then we got a gift card for a speaking engagement that I did. And so we're going to go to lunch after Starbucks. We're going to be living large. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not that lonely. Wow. We're going in, out in public. <laughs> We're going social. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the Unabomber back here in my shed, you know? It's like just me, me and a microphone and the computer. (laughs) Oh, you're crazy. It's not that bad. So what's your thing? Okay, so my thing was um, a few days ago, I wanted to spend some time with my daughter in our backyard, and I realized that we really didn't have much to play on or play with except for my daughter's little uh, mini trampoline which technically only holds a max of 100 pounds. So I'm a little reluctant get, to get on that thing because <laughs> <laughs> for fear it might, I might max out the tensile strength of the springs. <laughs> that so, could be funny. So, no, it would not be funny. <laughs> Anywho, she likes to bump volleyballs and play catch, but her last ball kind of bit the dust, and so we had to throw it away. It kind of deflated. <laughs> so I decided to take her to the store and use a gift card she got for Christmas to buy some new ones. Um, okay, wait a minute. Don't judge me. I know it's buying stuff, but this is how I justified it. And, and I'm going against everything that I... The one-in-one-out rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, basically, that's what it was, yeah. yeah. But, but I justified it because, one, this would allow us to get outdoors more. Two, it would allow us to play together. All right. All right. Three... It encouraged an active lifestyle, which are all things that I value and enjoy. So I was like, okay, this could be a good thing. I'm an athlete, and I love this kind of stuff, and I love that my daughter's taking an interest in this thing, in these things. So, so anyhow, we bought a pink volleyball, <laughs> a mini pink football, right. <laughs> and a neon yellow Nerf ball with fins on it. You know, one of those ones that just can go forever and yep. kind of whistle. Yeah, like right into the neighbor's yard. We have fences all around here. Yeah, I told her we can't throw this in the backyard. It has to be out in the in the, in the street. <laughs> but uh, and actually, I think that Nerf ball with the fins is for me because um, I can play a mean game of flag football with oh, one yeah. of those. There you go. No, seriously, this girl's got hands, man. I can, you know, I can't miss. <laughs> so okay, so I digress. But the cool thing, it wasn't really getting the the new sport balls. Uh, what was so cool was that. As we were walking through the store to go pay, I told her, I said, okay, Junior, remember what we do when we get something new? We have to give away something old, right? And she says, oh, yeah, I, I remember, Mommy. Yes, I can give away something I don't play with anymore. That would be a good idea, right, Mommy? I should give away something, right? Mommy, that's a good idea, right? I'm like, right. You got it. Yeah, it's like, and I totally gave her credit for it being her idea. <laughs> I didn't care as long as she got it, you know. But the funny thing was, is that as we were walking, um, and, and as, as we were having this conversation, I passed a woman who appeared to be there with her family of like six kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I think she overheard me talking to, to Junior because she did like this double take, you know, and I could see it in my peripheral vision there. Yeah. Um, and I don't know for sure if she heard me or if she was even interested in what I said, but I don't mind at all if she did overhear me and, and hear the message. And I was just so extraordinarily proud of my little girl. I mean, she gets it. And you know what? She did get rid of 25 items in place of those three new ones. Wow. Not bad for a five-year-old, right? No kidding. So that was my thing. Man, she's doing her own little edit and forget it. I know. She's a little (laughs) mini-me. 
Okay. So that's it for episode 13 of Simple Life Together. Today, Dan talked about escaping his Shawshank cubicle, and I talked about the first steps on the road to simplicity. <laughs> Shawshank cubicle. I mean, it sounds so bad. You know, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Folks. I'm just, I was just trying to make it cool. You know? and, it was cool. And my thing was finding a peer group of like-minded folks to share ideas with and learn from. And Vanessa's thing was her proud moment with our little girl and how she's starting to grasp the idea that having less is okay. So that'll do it for today. Don't forget to sign up to receive the Simple Life Guide to Building Your Website. And to make sure you don't miss an episode, the best thing you can do is subscribe to the show. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and lots of other podcast directories. Or you can go to simplelifetogether.com slash RSS and subscribe there as well. And I know you're busy, but if you like what you hear on the show and if you get the chance, we'd appreciate it if you could take two or three minutes and leave a review in iTunes. It does wonders to help others find the show. And thanks so much to all those of you who took the time to do that. And remember, you can find all the show notes at SimpleLifeTogether.com. Connect with us on Twitter. I'm at Get Simplified, And Dan is at Daniel Hayes. We have links to our Twitter and Google Plus profiles on the website. We're going to get back next week with some feedback that we've gotten recently. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. So be sure to leave comments below the show notes or give us a voicemail on the site. Feel free to plug your show or your site and we'll talk about it in future episodes. Or just send us an email. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together. Simple life together.